Well, y'all probably wondering, what's Brent doing up there, Brother Brian's here? <laughs> well, he was not supposed to be here, and some things kind of come up in his family. You notice half of his family's not here. We got two disappointed, I'm pretty sure, children right here with us. <laughs> but they were supposed to be going to Branson, and uh, ends up some sickness came upon them, which is, was kind of unexpected, and some fever and some flu and some things like that. And so, you know, even in the midst of that disappointment, you know, I talked with Brian and it, it really stunk <laughs> not be able to go. And, uh, but God's still good. And He's still there. And we can praise Him in the midst of our disappointments. You know, and that's kind of what I wanted to focus upon this morning since it's Thanksgiving. Right here, right before Thanksgiving, it slipped up on us. Yes, this coming week is Thanksgiving. <laughs> and so, you know, we got a verse that we can look at in the New Testament here. And Paul. He gives this verse to us, and I want y'all to turn to it in this First Thessalonians chapter five. Um, you know, and this is a tough verse because it doesn't say what sometimes people how people read it to be. Um, I'm gonna get the New International Version out for this just because it's kind of says some things I wonder. So, verse sixteen in chapter five of First Thessalonians. It says, Rejoice always, pray continually, and give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. In all, not for all circumstances, but in all circumstances. And so when you think of that, that means in sickness, in death, in disease, in perilous times like we see today. I mean, gas prices, everything, not just gas prices, it's, it's everything you look at has gotten more expensive. Seems like the world's in more chaos and everything. But even in the midst of all that, and when you have received the, the absolute worst news that you could ever receive in your lifetime, and you still thanking in the midst of it. And that, that's a hard thing to do because, um, you know, it's just a, it's so much that comes at you. Um, this past week, I wanted to share something with you. It's been, been some tough news coming at us this week. You know, Tater had to go back in the hospital. And, uh, and everything's going well. I know if any of y'all are on group me, you saw him post this morning, which was a great thing to see because that means he, he had a good night. And uh, he's been in the hospital, what, this is his third time in about three or four weeks. And, and it's just been one thing after another. Beverly um, had to go back uh, Friday thinking she might have a blood clot. Uh, had some pain and, and all. And, and then this happened with Brian. And in the midst of that, Katie B, a lot of times I text her something, she gets the text, but she doesn't respond back. Today, I mean, uh, Friday, in the midst of that day, she texted out, I have a blessed day, Brent. And I went, it's Holy Spirit. I told her, I said, you don't know how much I needed that. And so all she's doing is being obedient to what was put on her heart 
so that she could really lay that to me and give me encouragement when a lot of negative things had been coming my way. And I just know, I was like, I got to share that with the girl at my office. I said, let me tell you something. I said, Katie B, she gets my text all the time because she'll know what we're doing. But, I, you know, she may not even respond back. I said, and then out of the blue, she texts me in the midst of this chaotic day and tells me to have a blessed day to reminding me that every day is a blessing from God. And I appreciate that because I know it was laid on your heart. I know that because I received it. I felt it when you sent it. So thank you for being obedient. When you hear the voice of God, and that's one thing that Brother Brian has been teaching us for quite a few years now, that you got to hear and listen to the voice of God. And when you hear, you've got to respond to that voice. He has a purpose for speaking to you. It's not just to, to tell you one little thing sometimes. It's actually an instruction that He needs you to be involved with in the kingdom of, of His kingdom. And I knew that was a word from His kingdom right then. And so, just I want to I thank you for one, for being obedient for, to that. And I want to encourage us all that when we get a message, when we get a word from God, to release that word. To be obedient because somebody is going to need it. And so these, these words here, it said to rejoice always. That means continuing uh, an attitude of rejoicing always. And then it says pray continually. Worshipful praying always. And then the last was a Give thanks in all circumstances. This is a appreciative mindset. And so what you see is these are three expressions of the nature of the Spirit of God. They don't come by the nature of your natural man. They come by the nature of the Spirit of God. And when the Spirit of God comes into you, you can rejoice in those circumstances. You can praise Him continuously in those circumstances. And you can have an appreciation, even in the midst of all that, appreciation for what He did and who He is and who He has made you to be. He didn't just come and say, okay, you got your ticket punched. Now go try to live a good life. Unfortunately, that's what religion has taught us for many years in every facet of religion you go to. It's like, you got your ticket punch. Are you going to heaven? Yeah, but I, I, I'm just still having all these struggles and I'm caught up in the midst of them. And here he says, I seated you above all that. I seated you in the heavenly realm is what Ephesians 2 says. And he seated us there for a purpose so that we can live above our circumstances. So we can live a thankful life in the midst of everything that goes on in this world because we have a hope that is different than the hope here on this earth and so but to to be able to do that let's take a look at what's the opposite of thanksgiving i want to kind of look at that because you know we we can we can look at thanksgiving and we can say we have thanksgiving but then when we look at the opposite of thanksgiving it kind of brings out whether you're really using if you're really walking by the spirit of thanksgiving and so i wanted to kind of read this this is in jude and this is verse 14 and 16 And so he starts out and he says, See, the Lord is coming with thousands upon thousands of holy ones to judge everyone. And then he describes what they're going to do 
if they committed all these ungodly acts. And then he goes on to say in verse 16, these people are grumblers and fault finders are mumblers. Grumblers are mumblers. And so if you go back into the Old Testament, and actually I talk about it in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, where Paul's kind of talking about when, when um, they were led out of Egypt. And all of a sudden they grumble and complain. And you can go to this story and it's in Numbers. Numbers chapter 21. I'll kind of read it to you because I just want you to kind of get a picture of what we're looking at here. And this is in um, chapter 21 of Numbers. If you want to go there, you can look. Some of you may have your um, Bible out that you could go there in. And I'm going to read it out of the NIV here. Um, and it's uh, verses 4 through 9. 21 verses 4 through 9. It says, They traveled from Mount Hor along the route to the Red Sea to go around Edom. But the people grew impatient on the way, and they spoke against God and against Moses and said, we have, Why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? There is no bread. There is no water. And we detest the miserable food. Then the Lord sent venomous snakes. Now I, I know this is an Old Testament writing and you know the Lord doesn't send these things. And you have to look. What they did was they opened the door for Satan to move in. All right, so when they grumbled and complained, they opened the door and gave permission to Satan to move in their grumbling and complaining. So... Don't misunderstand the goodness of God in this. I want that we just sung about that, and you're going, wait a minute. The Lord sent these? No, because you can kind of go through a lot of Old Testament scripture and a lot of it gets corrected along the way. And you understand that the Lord didn't send this, but they brought it upon themselves by opening the door. And it says, and they bit the people, and many Israelites died. And the people came to Moses and said, We we sinned. When we spoke against the Lord and against you, pray that the Lord would take the snakes away from us. So Moses prayed for the people. And the Lord said to Moses, Make a snake and put it upon a pole. Anyone who is bitten can look at it and live. And so when you look at that story, let's just imagine this right here. In this room right now, there's diamondback rattlesnakes everywhere in here. And the only people they're going to bite is those who mumbled and complained last week. Would you get out? I wouldn't. Because <laughs> I needed a word that, that turned my mumbling and complaining, murmuring and complaining, into rejoicing. So think about that. And God, what did He do? His mercy and grace provided a way. Provided a way back from their mistake. They repented. They, they said, we did this and we're sorry that we did this. And why were they sorry? Though? They might have been sorry for the wrong reason, right? Because they were getting bit by snakes. It's easy to be sorry when, you, when you're getting torn up by snakes. But here, the Lord in His mercy and grace, He didn't go, oh, you just saying that just because those snakes bit you. No, they come to Him and He said, I don't care what your motive is, I'm going to bless you. And I'm going to give you a way out of this. And the Lord did that for us. And you think about that. And so, 
He's got infinite grace and mercy to provide a way. And now today, because of what Jesus did on the cross, he's not, you're never alone. He says he'll never leave you and never forsake you. We have so much to rejoice and be thankful for in him today. I mean, we just, all we got to do is turn around and look at somebody else's situation and you know you're blessed beyond measure. And you also know in the midst of your trial, he's there and he's provided a way out. And his way out is through his son's blood upon the cross. That's what we should be rejoicing about. This is what we should be thankful for because we're not hoping in this world here. Go to Luke right quick. This is Luke chapter 7. I want y'all to kind of look at this and I'll bring out something here. Luke chapter 7. And this, I'm going to start in uh, verse 36 and go through 38 right there. And it says, Afterward, a Jewish religious leader named Simon asked Jesus to, uh, to his home for dinner. And Jesus accepted the invitation. And he went to Simon's home and he took his place at the table. And in the neighborhood, there was an immoral woman on the streets known to all to be a prostitute. And when she heard about Jesus being in Simon's house, she took an exquisite flat made from alabaster, filled it with the most expensive perfume, and went right into the home of the Jewish religious leader and knelt at the feet of Jesus in front of all the guests. Broken and weeping, she covered his feet with her tears that fell from her face. And she kept crying and drying his feet with her long hair. Over and over, she kissed Jesus' feet. And then she opened her flask and anointed his feet with her costly perfume as an act of worship. So did you know that you can host Jesus and never truly worship him? He was hosting him. Simon was hosting Jesus, the King of kings, the Lord of lords. Did you know that you can host him? You can ask Jesus into your heart. And he'll come in. And you can never truly worship him. And don't be like that. Because this lady, she shows us what true worship looks like. She knelt at the feet of Jesus. The religious leader was sitting there judging her while she was doing this. Judging her and spouting out things of her past. You know one thing about it is that Judah's spirit, it always detests generosity. Remember Judas? Yeah. Well, Judas had, he was in charge of what? Money. The money. And he detested that generous spirit. And so that's the spirit of self-righteousness. That religious leader, even though he hosted Jesus, he was doing it for the wrong reasons. And then this girl comes in in all of her shame, and she doesn't care. Even though this man's hurling insults at her, she bows at his feet. She brings probably, I don't know how much money, probably a year's worth of wages and pours it upon his feet and starts washing his feet with her hair. What an act of selflessness and an act of worship. And that's who I want to be. I want to be the woman who washes Jesus' feet with his tears. And that's what 
thanksgiving looks like. To thank him and to appreciate him for who he is. Because he's the savior of the world. It says nothing was made without him. Nothing was made upon this earth except for through him. That's what John, John 1 tells us. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the Word became flesh, and He dwelt. And it says nothing was made without Him and without Him, without it being through Him. And so when you think about that, another story that I'm reminded of is Daniel. In Daniel chapter 6, King Darius liked Daniel. He liked him so much that he elevated him way up into his kingdom. And all the rest of the guys, they all were jealous of him. And they're trying to find something to trap David in. Like, you know, we, and they couldn't find anything. Nothing. And then all of a sudden, one of them got kind of used his worldly wisdom. And he said, you know what? He's every day worshiping his God. Let's convince the king to, to give this edict that no one can worship any other god or any idol for the next 40 days and we'll get him because we know how much he loves God. He worships him every day. They saw how much he worshiped his God. It was that visible to the whole kingdom there. And 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 uh Daniel didn't he didn't shy away from it. King gave the edict. Daniel knew he gave the edict. You know what Daniel does? He doesn't go into his basement. He goes up into the top of his house and he flings open the doors. Kind of like I I picture an old barn where they used to stack the hay up in the top, the square bales of hay. And he flings those open and he bows down and he worships his God three times a day. So he made sure if anybody's going to, they're going to see me. And he worshiped God knowing what was actually fixing to happen with him. Because it was an edict. And if it wasn't obeyed, the king had to make sure that he followed through with what he gave orders to do. And he was saddened because he, did, he had got tricked by his men. And yet Daniel did that. And what happened with Daniel? He had thrown the lion's den. And the mouths of the lions were shut because he worshipped his God. And the lions that come into our lives, they, can, they, are, they are under the feet of Jesus. And guess where you are? In Christ. Yeah. And so think about that. And then you can go into uh, 1 Chronicles. This is in 16. And this is where David, who had been chased all his young years, once he was told that he would be the king, he'd been chased by his father-in-law, Saul, all over the country. And then finally when Saul dies, David's like, Let's get the Ark of the Covenant and let's bring it in because we need to worship God. And he brings it in and he calls the whole Israelite um, race together. And all of a sudden he tells them, and you can go into 1 Chronicles. I'm going to read a little bit of that. And that's in uh, chapter 16, verse 7. It starts. And it says this. That day David first appointed Asphah and his associates to give praise to the Lord in this manner. This is a guy who's been chased, been told that he had the kingdom, and years it took for him to see it. 
And he had opportunity to take the previous king out, but yet he honored the Lord because he knew the Lord had placed him in that place. And he sits there and he goes in and he says, he gathers the people together and he says, give praise to the Lord. Proclaim His name. Make known among the nations what He has done. Sing to Him. Sing praise to Him. Tell of all His wondrous acts. Glory is His holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Look to the Lord and His strength. Seek His face always. Remember the wonders He has done. His miracles, His judgments, His pronounced and you, his servants, the descendants of Israel, his chosen ones, the children of Jacob. And he is the Lord our God. His judgments are in the earth. And he goes on and on for verses after verses here. And he's praising God in every verse. He's giving him thanks. And then he goes on after that and they want to build him a, a, a house. And he's like, well, or a temple. And he's like, no, no, no. The Lord's got to have a temple too. I can't have a bigger temple than the Lord. I'm His servant. He's our God. And He makes a place for that. That's the kind of worship. And then when you get into the New Testament, you can see that God declares that David was a man after his own heart. Why? Because he chose God. Did, did David make mistakes? Oh yes, he made mistakes. But what he never did was he never compromised his God. He never worshipped any other God. He never worshipped an idol. That's why he was a man after God's own heart. Not because he was a perfect living human being. It was because he worshipped God and God alone. And he had a thankful life. So thankfulness, it can be a complicated state to live in thankfulness constantly. And you know, when life is good and you're getting what you want, pretty easy to achieve, ain't it? You know? But when things get hard and nothing seems to go the way you want it, that's where you have to do. You cannot rely on the natural man at that time. Because the natural man, he's going to be controlled by all the five senses he has. Touch, taste, smell, hear, see. That's the five senses that are going to control him and move him like the wind. And it says, you can't live from that natural man anymore because he died. He died. The day that you trusted in Jesus, it says in the Word that when he was crucified on the cross, you were crucified with him when you believed. So you die to the natural man. This, this natural man who keeps getting swayed by every little thing that comes his way. And he's not going to grumble. And he's not going to murmur. And he's not going to complain. Because he knows if he does that, what's going to happen? He's going to open the door. And when he opens that door, Satan will step right in it. And he'll make your day even a worse day than you thought it was. And so we've got to be careful that we always show a spirit of gratitude in everything. And it can't, it can't come from that place of the natural man. You know, and the Bible has a lot to say. And it all runs counter to the instincts of the natural man. It has a lot to say about thankfulness and a spirit of thankfulness. 
And when you go and you can, you can Google that and just it'll show you all the Scriptures about being thankful to God. Because there was a lot of praise given to God because He, de- he deserves every bit of it. All the glory, all the praise, it's due Him. Every good thing that has ever happened in your life, it's, it says every good and perfect gift, that's what James says, comes from above, from the Father of lights. That's where your good things come from. But so many times, he, we give Him credit for the bad things that in our life. Why God? Why me? As though God brought them there. Yeah. Now God said, I'll never leave you nor, nor forsake you. But many times, probably a very, very high percentage of the time, you brought it upon yourself because of the things that you declare. Because Proverbs 18.21 tells us that there is power of life and death in the tongue. And whatever you release, you will eat of that fruit. And that's what it says. So whatever fruit you're going to release out of your mouth, you better get ready. You better be the praises to God in the midst of of the things. And, you know, when you look at this in thankfulness, if you go to First uh, Corinthians chapter two, I want to kind of read that to you because this is what the natural man, who's many of us always tell us, they say, "You just denying reality, brother." You ever heard that? You denying reality when you say that. Look, not too long ago, Alex, when it was in the last couple of weeks, he would call and check on Taylor, <laughs> and when he would call, whoever was there will give a negative report every time. And Alex is like, I'm tired of hearing the negative reports and, and look so the next time he calls, <laughs> his sister says, Tater's sister says, Look, um, they said that this got better and this got better and and I'm not gonna say anything about anything else. And Alex said, I don't want to hear nothing else. That's all I want. I want that good news so that I can build from there. He said Whatever you're releasing out of your mouth, you need to be careful. Look, so the next time when, when Alex and I went up there last Friday, I went down there to Alexandria. Oh, Tater said, now, Tater and them at work, they call Alex Honey Bun. He come in eating a honey bun one day, and they called him Honey Bun. He said, I told my sister, you better not let Honey Bun come here and hear know that I'll sick him on you. <laughs> you know, because they were saying something bad, you know. And he's like, Honey Bun's going to come in here and get this straight, you know. And so, anyway, when you go into this, it's in chapter 2. And this is 1 Corinthians chapter 2, and it's verses 13 and 14. And it says this. Get to it. Make sure I'm in the right place. All right, 13 and 14, it says, And we articulate these realities with the words imparted to us by the Spirit and not with words taught by human wisdom. We join together Spirit-revealed truths with Spirit-revealed words. Someone living on an entirely human level, natural man, rejects the revelations of God's Spirit for they make no sense to him. He can't understand the revelations of the Spirit because they are only discovered by the illumination of the Spirit. And those who live in the Spirit are able to carefully evaluate all things and they are subject to the scrutiny of no one but God. 
And so the, the natural man looks at us and what does he call us? He calls us a fool. He thinks we're a fool. And Paul says, look, I'll be a fool for Christ if that's what you want to consider me. And so when you look at a guy, I know Brian and I and Glenn and some of us, I think but Bill listen to him sometimes too, get I call Dan Moeller. And when he gets so excited about the Lord, you're going. Sometimes you're like, I don't know if I'm going to send this video to somebody because he's acting so crazy. In it. He does, don't he? And he's so excited about God. But let me tell you about him. His wife was in a coma. And the doctors was not given a good prognosis for her to live. And he comes to that hospital and the doctor is like, and he said, no, no, I'm going in there and I'm going to lay hands on her. And he says, the doctor started arguing. He said, wait a minute. He said, you do what you do. He said, but I know what I'm going to do. And he went and he laid hands on his wife. And he got his son. His son was with him. He got his son and he left. And he said, now look, we're not going to worry about mom or anything. Tomorrow she'll be home with us. He said, but you go to school. You don't cry. You don't get disappointed about anything. You just go do it. And his son looks at him and he said, Dad. I don't see what you see. And he just started weeping. He said, how do you see what you see? And he said, son, I have no other way but to look with the eyes of Christ. And he said, he went to the gas station and somebody asked him about something. He said, and I could have said, you know, oh, she's not doing good and threw up 20 prayer chains to try to get her out of the hospital. He said, but I didn't need but one person in faith to stand with what I knew. And the next day she was home, or she was awake from her coma, rather. And this guy, when he gets up and speaks, he's just full of energy and excitement. He's, he's not new in the Lord. He's been, in, he's been walking with Christ like this for many years, a couple of decades or so, maybe three decades. And this man, when he got saved, he was radically changed. And that woman received life back from the dead because of his faith in listening to the Lord and not listening to the negative report that was coming, even the doctor. He's like, I'm not trying to challenge what you do. You do what you do, but I do what I do. And he sat there and he prayed over his wife and he saw her come out of that. And so how do we get this natural man thinking away? We've got to understand, we, the Word of God in Romans uh, 6, 8, uh, 6 and 6 through 8, it talks about how we died. We died. When Christ died, He said we died with Him. So therefore, that natural man, he can't rise back up. If you let him rise back up, then you're denying that you died with Him. You cannot let that Him control your life and move you. You've got to stand firm. And this guy, he's an emotional guy. You can tell. He's just an excited, emotional guy. But when it comes to the Word of God, he stands firm on it. And any other thing that tries to control his emotions, he don't let it in. And that's where you've got to stand. And you've got to have that attitude that I died when he died. 
And I rose again when He rose again. And not only that, He says He seated me in His kingdom where I'm going to live from and not from this world. And so many of us are living from a place that we're here on this earth and we're trying to beg God constantly to do this for us and do that for us. And therefore, they're living by the natural man. But if we are seated, as He said, in the heavenly realm, and we are declaring out into this natural realm what we already know and see in heaven. Because you can see and know what's in heaven. The Word tells you, and I can tell you this, Paul didn't get all this revelation from just reading the Old Testament. He got all that revelation because he was seeing what God was showing him and he was hearing his voice. And it didn't die with Paul. It's here and available to you. But we, tell, we teach in religion, let's go hear the preacher tell us what he heard from God. Instead of the Word says, my sheep will hear my voice. Not the shepherd, but the sheep. That's us. And they will follow me. And if one gets away, and leaves the 99, I'll leave and go after the one because that one is just as important as the 99 who are still together. And that's what He is trying to teach us to hear His voice. To listen because He wants you. He's got a special purpose for you here today. Paul had his purpose. And he did well with it. He ran that race well. But we have a race to run. And we got to run that race, not according to Paul's race, but according to Brent's race, according to Brian's race, Tyler's race. Everybody in this room, they're placed in this world, in your job, or in your household, or wherever you go for a specific purpose for His kingdom. And it's, it's got to come through you. His kingdom has got to come through you. Psalm 24 tells us that we're living gateways. For him to move through us. Right. And then we're not gonna, he's not gonna be able to do that if you close that gate off and you're not listening to his voice. If you're not hearing that word from him that tells you to text, my friend. You understand? She had no idea she was releasing something that I needed, but she was she knew the Lord told her to release it. And she released it. And that's how we're to operate in this kingdom and not by that natural man not the not the one who is swayed by every little report that comes by whether it's good or bad we're 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 either on top excited or down in the dumps depressed you know we're either depressed brent or rocking brent you know rock and roll brent or depressed brent and and it's it's sad that we are moved like that by this earthly realm when we already know everything has been won in the victory in Christ Jesus. And if we'll wake up every morning and say, thank you, Father, for the breath of God. Lead me today. I will listen to you. I will hear from you. And I will be obedient to you. And that way when somebody comes in and all of a sudden they share something negative with you, you can take that burden from them. And you can help bear it because you have a word to release. And you don't even have to bear it because it says he bared it. He bore it on the cross. But yet, 
Brian and I have had, we talked about this last week, man, and we were like, it wears on you when you get one negative report after another for such a small group. And half of us are missing today, but such a small group, there's been a lot that's gone on in the last couple of months. And you can either let it get you down or you can say, by golly, I guess I got to sharpen my sword a little bit better. That's what old Alex likes to say. He likes to say, he likes to sword method. I get my sword out and I'll kill them demons or I'm going to take care of them. And that's just, it's a battle. And the word tells us in Ephesians, he says, our battle is not against flesh and blood. Even when somebody comes in and speaks a negative word about you, they're not your enemy. Your battle's against principalities, powers, and rulers of this age. And he teaches us how to remove those things. But you've got to be first willing to put on the armor. Yeah. You, you, know, you cannot, you, if you're really in a state of gratitude, you just like try to be there. You cannot be depressed when you're in a state of gratitude. You cannot, you really can't be, feel sick when you're in a state of gratitude. Mm-hmm. You cannot uh, be depressed in your state of gratitude. That's mm-hmm. the first thing that I tell people yeah. that are having trouble with those things. You've got to find some things in your life to be thankful for. Yeah. And that's the way you change your mind. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. Paul talks about the renewing of your mind. You renew it with starting with gratitude. Amen. You need to renew that. That's right. And that reminds me of one time I had a lady to come in my office and she was just about ready to divorce her husband. And I told her, I said, I want you to do me a favor. And she said, what? I said, I want you to go home and you write down every good thing about him. Don't write one thing bad. Every good thing about him. I said, and you make sure that you focus upon those good things and you'll see those good things flourish in him because you'll want to encourage those good things. And it was some weeks later. I said, well, how'd that go? And she said, you just don't know what a world difference that did for me just to do that. I'm still with him today. And that's been several years ago. And that is right. Because if we sit here and we have an attitude of gratitude for Christ and for God and for for even our brothers and sisters, now, we just went through a, a book called um, Honor. And it taught us to honor. And there was nobody inclu- excluded in there. Every person, if you look at them and you honor them, you'll glean something from them. Yeah. You'll get something from them that you need mm-hmm. if you just honor them. Yeah. And that's, that is how God is. We've got to honor Him. And I promise you, when you put Him in a place of honor, you will hear more. You will release more because you'll be in his hands like the potter has the clay in his hands. And he'll mold you into what he has already written about your life. He's already written it over you. And you're not coming into line with it and sometimes it's because of this. (coughs) This attitude. Grumbling. Complaining. It doesn't matter what goes on. We find things to grumble and complain about. That's easy to do from the natural man. But it gets hard to do when you live by the Spirit. If you'll live by that Spirit, by the Holy Spirit that's already placed in you, you'll find it hard to grumble and complain about things. 
you know, instead of grumbling and complaining about your job, you think that you have that job that many people don't have right now and that you have food, you're able to put food on your table. You're able to have a truck to drive and fill it up with gas. You know, and that's how we've got to look at life. And so if we'll, if we'll consider ourselves dead to that old nature, this new nature will flourish in your life. The spirit man will flourish. First Peter says that you have an energetic hope in who? In Christ. In Him. The mirror version, I wanted to read something. This is in 2 Corinthians 5.13. And the mirror version, let me, let me read it from the Passion version first. Go to 2 Corinthians 5.13 and we'll go through a few verses there. So I'll read that verse first. It says, If we are out of our minds in blissful divine ecstasy, it is for God. But if we are, are in our right minds, it is for your benefit. The mirror version says this, We are blissfully out of our minds with pleasure before our Maker. He delights in our ecstasy. And Paul says, Our insane mode is between us and God. We promise to behave ourselves sane and sober before you. So that's, I see people that we listen to, like Dan, uh, Justin Paul Abraham's another one we listen to, and he gets in there and he's got this crazy laugh when he starts out all the time. And you're just like, this dude is a nut. But he's that excited about the Lord. And he has that that just comes out of him that you can just know. It's like, man, he's sitting right in Christ's lap right yeah. now. You can just tell he's that in love with his Savior. Right. And so it's a blissfully, we're blissfully out of our minds with pleasure before our Maker. And it says he delights in our ecstasy. He delights in, in the fact that we get joy from him. That all the good gifts that come to us are from Him. And He delights that we know that and we praise Him for it. He just wants us to have that relationship with us every day because you know what? He desires to release it over you. But most of the time, we're releasing words into our lives, into other people's lives that will not allow that blissful joy to come into our lives. It allows Satan to come in and do his work. And it's, it's very real of how important your words are. How many times have you ever been able to capture them and pull them back in your mouth when you released them? Wish you could. Yeah, I've done it a many a time. Wished, I was like, oh Lord, I can't believe I said that, you know. And and generally, it's going to be the people you love the most. Mm-hmm. Well, you will release words over your loved one that you should have never released over them, yeah. because they will become it. Yeah. That's that. That's that powerful. Your words are that powerful. And so in verse 14, it's a... Uh, am I, okay, it ain't, it ain't one yet. <laughs> verse 14. So y'all know how much longer. Get comfortable. For it is Christ's love that fuels our passion and motivates us. It's His love. 
Because we are absolutely convinced that he has given his life for all of us. This means all died with him so that those who live should no longer live self-absorbed lives, but lives that are poured out for him. The one who died for us now lives again. So then, move now on. From now on, I'm sorry. We have a new perspective that refuses to evaluate people merely by their outward appearances. For that's how we once viewed the anointed one. But no longer do we see him with limited human insight. So when you think about that, it's his love that fuels our passion. It's not the cares of this world. The cares of this world, they don't do nothing but bring chaos in your life. It's His love that fuels our passion. It's not because of the need. It's because He's already filled every need we have. But we only want to come to Him when that relationship, when we have a need. And it's He's like... Just come to me every day and spend that time and you won't need so much because you'll realize you have it all. It's already provided for you. And so it says Jesus 100%, He died humanity's death. He had to come to the earth in the form of a human. He had to to crucify that human. He had to crucify humanity so that we would know how to crucify humanity and live by the Spirit. And so that's what He did and you did with Him when you believed upon Him. And by discovering Christ from God's point of view now, we discover ourselves from His point of view. He's like, this is the new perspective. The new lenses you have. Now when you see yourself in the eyes of God, how much He loves you, how much He cares for you, how much He does for you every day, how much He desires to have a relationship with you every day, then at that point, you see, you you put on new lenses and you go, now not only can I see myself love like that, but so is that person. So is the person who talked about me or hit me or harmed somebody in my family. I can now look at them with the same lenses He looks at me with. That's what He's trying to do. He's trying to let us know, you are a new creation. Now live according to that new creation. Because right after this, He talks about that. That new creation that you have become because of what Christ did on the cross. But you've got to come back to that. And now we can see what He redeemed in us. What does the word redeem mean? It's to recover ownership. So, if you remember, there was a place where man lived forever, had everything he needed. No sickness, no disease, nothing harmed him. He took us back to the garden. His redemption took us back to the garden where Adam and Eve were in the presence of God daily. And now, You can be in the garden. Jesus is now our tree of life. Eat from that tree every day. Don't eat from that knowledge of good and evil tree because the knowledge of good and evil tree led to what? Death. So why would we eat of that tree every day? 
And if we're eating of the tree of life, then what's that tree going to produce in us? Life. It's going to produce life. And then we have the ability to release that producing of life into somebody else's life. Not death, but life. That's what He redeemed. Man was His crowning act of creation. After He created all things, He said they were good. And then on the sixth day, He created who? Man. And you know what He said about man? Very good. We were His crowning act of creation. And now, He brought us back to who we were meant to be all along. Who Adam was meant to be all along. What did He tell Adam in the garden? He said, go rule and subdue the earth. Show them who your God is. Go show them what the kingdom of God looks like. What eating from the tree of life looks like every day. And instead, Adam listened to the one who told him to eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And every day after that, mankind was listening to the one who was in the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And that's Satan. It was his lie that led them there. And they believed that God wasn't good enough. That He was not being truthful with them. That they really, He was not giving them everything that they should have. And it produced death. But now He come back and provided the tree of life back to us. And if we can't sit and thank Him in the midst of this, the greatest news that has ever come to humankind is we were redeemed back to His presence in the garden by the blood of Jesus. There's no better news. And we sometimes live a life as His child with a downcast face and depression upon us. Like Bill said, you can't live that way if you're living by the Spirit. Not if you're partaking of the tree of life every day. And what should happen is every day somebody should be coming and getting those leaves off of us that produce life. They should be, that, we should be able to produce another leaf every time one's taken off. And they, somebody needs to come partake of it. And it should never be a toilsome thing for us. It should not make us weary because we know we didn't produce it to begin with. He did. And we just let it pass off of us so that then that person can have that life abundantly. And that's, that's if, if nothing else, we've got to live that kind of life. And I wanted to end with this psalm right here. And I want to read it to you. And it's Psalm 112. And we'll read it in the Passion Version. And it's verses 1-8. through eight. And it says, Shout in celebration of praise to the Lord. Everyone who loves the Lord and delights in Him will cherish His words and be blessed beyond expectation. Their descendants will be prosperous and influential. Every generation of His holy, godly lovers will experience His favor. Great blessing and wealth fills the house of the wise, for their integrity endures forever. Even if darkness overtakes them, sunrise brilliance will come bursting through. 
because they are gracious to others, so tender and true. Life is good for the one who is generous and charitable, conducting affairs with honesty and truth. Their circumstances will never shake them and others will never forget their example. They will not live in fear or dread of what may come for their hearts are firm, ever secure in their faith. Steady and strong, they will not be afraid, but will calmly face their every foe until all go down in defeat. Remember, who is your foe? Satan and all his demons. And all will go down in defeat. But one thing it says, I want to point out in verse 6, their circumstances will never shake them. You cannot be shaken by your circumstances if you're partaking of the truth of Jesus Christ every day. So whatever news comes your way, stand firm on the Word of God. Stand firm on the love of God and praise Him in the midst of it. Praise Him because He's worthy. He's worthy of everything that we could ever give Him. So, I just wanted to encourage you this Thanksgiving. Not just this Thanksgiving, but every day. Thank you. And we keep praying for things. And we see things. It may be a long time. It may be weeks that we see the answer to our prayer. But nevertheless, God is good and we praise Him. Does anybody want to share a blessing. I just want to open the floor. Does anybody want to share a blessing that they want to thank God for with their mouth here this morning with their own words? Blessed to be here today to listen to your message. Amen. 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 Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> you no, know, I always got something. <clears throat> uh, <clears throat> sent by Thanksgiving and uh, I have this, my grandson got me this in iPhone. I'm learning how to text. <laughs> All the time it doesn't go through. And But uh, I, I, I always have a feeling that when something's going on with my children or somebody around me and this past March I just got in touch back in church with my oldest son, daughter, which I hadn't seen her since her daddy had passed and she was a child. But the Lord aided me to go make the trip and get a chance to see her and got it reunited with my great-grands. I tell them, and I tell them about, I always tell them about God. Because, see, I know how good God has been to me. Yeah. And, and I give thanks to him every morning. And if I wake up through the night, I say, thank you, Lord. Simply because he allowed me to wake up, have a reasonable portion of health and strength where I can do for myself, not rely on my family, but rely on him. 
because he gives me strength every day and to help somebody else. I've been blessed beyond if I had a thousand tongues. I couldn't thank him enough because I know, nobody have to tell, I know in my heart what he has done for me and my family. And I always try to text the grandboys because they're out on the road in the truck and I say, have a blessed day or be blessed. And the other morning, I don't know, it's just something, I say, you know, I was going through the phone and I said, let me find Brent's name. Going down the line, you know, and then his name was. Like I say, I don't text well, I'm just learning. So I get, you know, and good, then I had to erase it. And I think I just said, Brent, be blessed. It just something came over me. Simply because Wednesday, when they had that uh, power breakfast up there, one of their offices got up. <laughs> And he was talking to have you no know, different one telling pray about this and that. He said, you know, we have the power. God's word. So if the churches would come together, yeah. so we can defeat Satan. But we have the power, but we won't, we don't know how to use it, but we got to read the word. We have the power to get all this killing and unnecessary, you know out but we got to read that word we got to let people know about God and his goodness because see what he did for me he'll do the same thing for you and so Brent just fell on my mind and I just said be blessed you know I take I looked at it and I kept tipping to make sure it went through <laughs> and later on I heard my phone beep and he did. It came. He came through. But it's just a blessing to be thankful. Because just thank him every day. When you're able to get up and breathe. A lot of us think we're breathing. But I don't. Because I don't care how that alarm clock goes off. If he don't want you to wake up, you're not going to wake up. I was programmed by my grandmother some years ago by getting up early. Five o'clock, I'm up. When I was going to work, I always got up early. And it was hard for me not to get up early, but I still get up early. And and his program comes on, I think that man named Jamie Smith. It's called The Walk. It's a a Christian program. And three o'clock in the morning, I'm watching that program. It shows all the sceneries and the Bible scripture in there and talking about you know the goodness of God and all of God's beauty different you know states and these parks and things I'm watching it at 3 o'clock in the morning that's every morning I'm watching it and the music and the serenity of that the scenery and you know and then people text about how good God has been but I, I'm up I'm at 3 o'clock in the morning. I'm watching that. It gives me encouraged. So I just, Brent was just on my mind. And I just did it. And I sat with Miss Mary Lynn. And all yesterday, I don't know, something that's come over me. I had my Bible. I started singing. And some of the worst come standing to the door, listen. 
I was having church all by me and Miss Mary Lynn and God. Mary I was singing to her. I put my hand on her, <coughs> on her shoulder, and I was singing. She would look at me, and tears was coming down. And y'all, y'all just don't know. You just don't know. You have to be there. Yep. You know, and I asked ask the Lord every day, please, Lord, let me keep my right mind. She was taken out of her environment into another environment. That's right. You got to care That's right. for people. Because I, you know, I treat people like I want to be treated. And it just, I don't know, it just did something to me. Because I was singing and found I closed the door because they was coming by, you know. One, one of the workers came in and sat down. We were just having church. I was having church with Miss Mary Lynn. She needed that. When you don't know what's going on around you, y'all. It just broke my heart. I was, I was almost crying. And to this evening, we're going to have church again. I got some old songs I'm going to sing to there her. And she just looked up at me. She was looking up at me and smiling, and the tear was in her eyes. You have to be concerned. You have to bless somebody. When God blesses me, I try to bless somebody else. Amen. But it just gave me a warm feeling. So I got my sock ready, my song ready. And we gonna go. We gonna have church again, Miss <laughs> Marilyn and I, cause she looked it so down, so lost, and it just broke my heart. And I just had to, I just had to get up there and pet her on her shoulder. And she's trying to give her, give her medicine. Mm mm. She wasn't taking that medicine. She didn't take it. I told her I said leave her alone. Come back later. I got. I was trying to bribe her with cookies and things. Mm-mm. Trying to bribe her with drink. Mm-mm. She was holding. She wasn't going. She was steadfast. She wasn't going to take it. I sit on the side of her and talking. And eventually, she looked a little old at me. She said, mm-hmm. She went on swallowed. So the nurse came back later. She said, well, did she take it? I said, mm-hmm. Just leave her alone. And when her other mind kick in, she'll do it. Don't force her. You have to have patience. You have to have patience. I said, please be patient with me because God is not through with me yet. I know where my blessing come from and I'm just thankful for every day that I can walk. Yesterday I had a crisis in my house, water. And it just so my great-grandbaby was there, McKinley. She always, she went down the hall, she come by and said, Grandma, okay to be? What, McKinley? <laughs> something, something wrong down there. I said, where? That bathroom, water just everywhere. Oh, my God. I'm moving. And I said, Satan, you's a liar. Get out of here. There's no place for you. My brother called, I asked him. He came down on top of the house. And we got that situation sealed off, had a backup. But I was thankful that my grandbaby, my, that McKinley was at home, were there with me, because, you know, I'd have left when I got ready to leave. I mean, I, my, I'd have been flooded out when I came back home, 
Because Stacy wasn't going to go down there and look it. But that, the Lord put that grandbaby there. Amen. And she <laughs> saw that walk. Now I went down there, got the mop and pulling out stuff. My house is tumbled up down there, but I said, well, I'll do it. Get it straightened out one day next week. I'm not worrying about it. I know I talk too much, but I, it just, but I just have to tell how good God has been Amen. to me. Because Amen. He has brought me from a mighty long ways, y'all. A mighty long ways. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, my grandmother raised me, and I just, but this good Lord and I, I took care of all my family. The Lord took care of me. Now, I'm happy with Miss Mary Lynn. And so this evening, I got my song ready. When I go back, we're going to be in there singing. If they they going to come on down the hall, I know they're going to be standing up there looking. And it's just a blessing to be here this morning. It's just a blessing I was able to get up, clothed in my right mind. Got up and fixed my breakfast, fixed my coffee, ate my pancake, my piece of bacon, drank my cup of coffee, and got ready. Walked across the road there, looked both ways to make sure. <laughs> I didn't stumble and somebody run over me out there. <laughs> so I, I put on, I, I put that mink coat on so they could see that they might have thought it was a bass. <laughs> but you know, it it it's just good. Y'all don't know how y'all y'all have made me feel since I started coming over here. You know, it's just a blessing. When you do the same to be us. able to come, you know, and to have people. You know, not snobby. And you know, I've been in church, and if I say the amen, they look at me like I'm crazy. Because, <laughs> okay. see, I know what God has done for me. Yes. And I'm going to do this, and I'm going to sit down. <laughs> I once was lost in sin, but Jesus took me in. And just a little light from heaven filled my soul. Oh, he filled my heart with love, and he wrote my name above. And just a little talk with Jesus makes it right. Now let us have a little talk with Jesus. Let us tell him all about our trouble. He will hear our faintest cry, answer by and by. Oh, a little prayer will turn in Know that the fire is burning. Just a little talk with Jesus makes it right. Have a little talk with Jesus makes it right. All right, all right, all right, all right, right, all right, all right, all right. Just a little talk with Jesus makes it right. Oh, let us have a little talk with Jesus. Let us tell him all about.
appreciate y'all coming. Um, anything else you want to say? I'm gonna let you let's stand. Let's sing one chorus real quick. Just as a body of believers, we do have a lot to be thankful for, despite the things that come against us. Um, and confessing confession daily of who you are in Christ. Amen. Knowing that truth that he just talked about. So there's a whole generation. He went in that passage about numbers, but there was a whole generation that missed out on the promised land. Even though it was promised to them, they did not experience the promised land. And we have promises that are promised to us, and we don't get to experience them because of that. They complained and grumbled. And they died in the wilderness. When they had a promised land in front of them. But it was because of their eyes that they could not see. You know. So um, mentioned just a little bit earlier about some of those things that we went through. And so Ezra got the flu. And so we were still going to try to go to Branson. And uh, so the doctor gave us all 10 flu. Said, here, take it. Y'all will be good. You know. And so um, Thursday night, I get back. Lydia's got four games at night, so we get back about 9 o'clock. 9.30, I said, I'll take my first round of that. Take it. Within 15 minutes, I had an allergic reaction to it. The whole body just feels like it's on fire. My face goes numb. My lips go numb. Start swelling. I start closing up. I can't swallow. And so I'm like, I'm about to die right here. Like, this is, sucks. <laughs> and so I just kind of sit down because I thought I was going to pass out. Everything's just closing in. And I'm like, Julie, I think we're going to go to the emergency room. And so I was telling her all my symptoms, and it was just like closing in, closing in, getting worse and worse. And so um, the voices that come in your head that want to match that are you're about to die. Nothing's going to save you. You're going to have to, you know, put a trach in you because of you. Shutting off and all these kinds of things, like all these accusing voices. And the scripture says there is no longer any accusing voice. So I had to get back to the truths that I've been speaking over myself. And so that's why it's so important, even on those days that you're not going through something, that you're confessing who you are. And so one of the things that immediately came back to my mind was Mark 16. And Mark 16 says, I, will, I, I can eat any, drink any deadly poison that would not hurt me. So I started quoting that one. But then I immediately started going to, I'm in him, he's in me. So if he's in me and I'm in him, there's nothing going to override that. And I had every accusing voice that would come in, I'd speak that back to him. And so we have to be in that place of just knowing who you are in him. And knowing that that accusing voice has nothing over you. So let's just see how good he is. Thank you. 